Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You may think this is wrong doctrinally, but it's 1,000% true. Contrast. Christ followers love God and other people, proving that that we share the gospel. Unbelievers love themselves and not God. Pastor Mark, that's pretty hard to say for the unbeliever. How dare you? That's not my word. You know what Paul says? In the last days, people will be lovers of self instead of lovers of God. That's the day we're in. You know, back in the 70s, there was a lot of talk about love. Songs were written like, what the world needs now is love. Love, love, love. Nowadays, there isn't so much talk about love, is there? It seems there's a lot of talk about sex, but not love. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the importance for the Christ follower to continue speaking and acting out love, God's love. You'll hear about the contrast between how the world treats each other and how Christians should treat everybody. He'll remind you that as the world gets more selfish, that the follower of Jesus becomes more selfless. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As he continues his message, contrasts in life help us to know what is best. Faith and love are the breastplate that covers the vital organs of the body. So what does that mean? Faith and love are the breastplate. If I put a breastplate on me, what is it protecting? My heart. The Bible tells us that the heart is the center of all of our decisions. The decisions are made in the heart. It's a spiritual decision, how we're going to go. So notice, faith and love are the breastplate that covers the vital organs of the body. All right, let's talk about faith. Where do I get faith from? I just gave you the answer right there. Let's see if you can get it. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so that means the more I hear the word of God, what's going to happen to my faith? It's going to grow. What is faith? Faith is believing the promises of God. Where do I find the promises of God? In the word. Now, remember, some of you, when January came, you started going to the gym. This is not condemnation. This is just truth. Okay. And you went every morning. Well, you just finished March. When's the last time you've been at the gym? Well, Pastor Mike, I drive by it every day. Oh, good. The key word is drive by. You didn't stop in. So as you were doing really good for those two months, what's happened now? 
your arm looks like blubber. (laughs) Well, let's try spiritually. Faith is a muscle. It has to be exercised. How do I exercise my faith? Well, if like many people in the United States now, not so much you guys, but it is obviously evident at, at all of our churches in the United States, people used to come to the church pretty much every week. They used to be in their Bible pretty much on a daily basis, just a little while in the Bible. Hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. What's happening today? Well, you drive by the church, but you don't come into the church. And we know now pretty much in the United States in almost every single church, has nothing to do with our church, has to do with the church's people's minds. Most people now come about every three weeks. What happened the other two weeks? Well, too busy. Cares of this life, kids, soccer, You name it, boom, boom, boom. And pretty soon, what happened to my faith? And Satan comes in, and he discourages me, and I have no strength to fight him. Can I challenge you? It's not about coming every week. I'm not talking about that. But if you're not in the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have no faith. And your heart is open to the lies of Satan. Careful. See, Satan is so deceptive because when we skip that, skip our quiet time, Satan just goes, you're not strong. You don't believe in the promises of God. Now, as I said, faith is complete trust in the promises of God. But if I'm not reading them and hearing them, I doubt it. And doubt doesn't grow us. So here's what you want to understand. Contrast, Christ followers know And they obey the word. It's not just knowing. It's obeying the word. But unbelievers, they don't know the word because they never read the word. They don't understand it. They might have a Bible, but they don't understand it. And obviously, they don't obey the word. If you don't know it, you can't obey it. So love for God is the second thing. Not just faith, but love for God and love for others guards our heart the same way. It helps us to focus. Now, love is an emotion. But it's also a verb. When we do compassion for our community outside, that's love in what? Action. Good job. Way to go. I was listening to his new song. It's actually come out in 2018. Chris Tomlin. And he says, is God worthy? And first time I heard it yesterday. Man, I wept. My wife and I wept just before I came to church like crazy. I put it on the first thing this morning. I'm weeping. I'm getting ready for church, baby, just in case you don't know. You say, well, that's kind of stupid. No, I want a sensitive heart as I'm teaching the word of God. I want God to speak to me to you. This is not a game. This is where God, when you leave here, you go, whoa, God was there. It's not about my shouting. It's about your hearing. Why would you want to come to church and go, well, just another day. Here we go again. No, this is where God speaks to us. When I heard that song, go home and play it. I just, the band heard me talk about they're going to start playing it. Wait till you do it. You guys are going to be crying. Don't laugh at me anymore. Now, it's fantastic. So you may think this is wrong doctrinally, but it's 1,000% true. Contrast. Christ followers love God and other people, proving that that we share the gospel. Unbelievers love themselves and not God. Pastor Mark, that's pretty hard to say for the unbeliever. How dare you? That's not my word. You know what Paul says? In the last days, people will be lovers 
of self instead of lovers of God. That's the day we're in. Politically, liberally, all of this, the world. No use for God. That's a mark of the end days. It's coming. They just love themselves. Doesn't mean they're bad people. They just love themselves. They don't care for God. If you don't love God, you'll never go where God lives. You'll never be sensitive to those things. So Paul's warning these new believers, that's not who you are anymore. You're different. Now, look at verse 8. The hope of salvation as a helmet. So Paul's putting a helmet on. And what does that mean? The helmet protects what? Our mind. What we think we become. So he knows, God, protect my thinking from the lies of Satan. He loves to discourage us. He loves to say, well, you know what happened to you? Man, if that was a loving God, that would never happen to you. God's against you. Sorry, Romans 8 says, God's for me. But see, if I'm not reading the word of God, I fall to these crazy lies. The guarantee of our salvation is our hope. Now, look at this statement. When the world uses hope, it's wishful thinking. Well, I hope so-and-so wins the masters today. Biblical hope is very different. Biblical hope is certainty. It's going to happen. I have hope when I die or the rapture, I will be in heaven instantly. Well, that's wishful thinking, Pastor Mark. No, that's certainty. That's guaranteed. Guaranteed by God. That's my future. Now, when you witness to an unbeliever, you'll hear this. Some of you here are unbelievers or you've walked away from God. And when you talk to him and you say this, when you die, are you going to go to heaven? What do they say? I I hope so. And how do you respond to that? You know what? I used to be that way. But today, I know so. And I can help you move from hope so To know so. You're not condemning them. We were all like that. Don't get hierarchy here. Come on. I can tell you. By the way, that's what I'm going to talk about. The death of death enables me to know I can go to heaven. Now, Paul says that protects my mind. Now, so here's the contrast. Christ followers will live in heaven with God forever. Guaranteed. Unbelievers who stay that will be separated from God in hell forever. Pastor Mark, I don't like that. Why do you mention the word hell? Well, because I mentioned the word heaven. There's your contrast. Do you understand? There's not 47 choices. There's two. With God or separated from God. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't like the word hell. I don't like it either. But Jesus used hell more than he did heaven. Now, why? Because he loves you. He loves people. Jesus didn't die just for certain people. He died for the whole world. To be in heaven with him. That's the goal. It's not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ followers will enjoy the completion of their salvation in heaven. Unbelievers will suffer God's wrath during the tribulation. Let me talk just a moment. Pastor Mark, what are you talking about the completion of my salvation? Well, here's what you need to understand. When you became a Christian, the first thing God did in your life, it's called he justified you, justification. 
it's as if you never sinned because he wiped away all of our sin. Amen? The next step you go to is sanctification. That means separating yourself from your old lifestyle. You're not going to be perfect. And you're going to be living a holy life, staying in your lane, following Jesus. Now, does that mean that I will be sinless as I live that life? No. Every one of us still sin today. Every Christian still sins. Why? Because sin is here. And we give in to temptation, whether it's our mind, our eyes, our thoughts, whatever. And that's why we have to, as 1 John 1, 9 says, ask God to forgive us. So I'm justification. And then while I'm on the earth living, sanctification. I'm separating myself for the life that's in the lane as I'm following Jesus. I'm becoming better, but I'll never be perfect. Now, when I get to heaven, I'm completing my salvation. What is that called? It's called glorification. Now, when I get to heaven, why is that better than here on earth? Because in heaven, there is no sin. If there's no sin, what can I be tempted to do? Nothing. That's why in heaven, I'm perfect. Anybody looking forward to that day? Perfect. Sin is not in heaven. Why? Because God's in heaven. He can't look on sin. He's perfect. And we're going there. That's the completion of your salvation. Anybody waiting for that day? No sin, no asking forgiveness. I made it home. I completed the whole deal. You know why you completed it? It's called the grace of God. Yeah, it ain't my works. It's the grace of God. So Paul just says it like that. And now what about the unbelievers? They have no clue about this. They will suffer God's wrath. Why? Because they have refused to accept Jesus Christ who takes our sin upon him. They will be judged for their sin. We have to explain that to them. When we get into 2 Thessalonians, we'll talk more about that. You can think about God's wrath. People say, well, when they see God's wrath, God's so angry at us. He's not angry at all. He's trying to say to you, warning, get back in your lane. Come on, do it right. Follow me. Well, look at verse 10. He died for us, Paul's talking to believers, so that whether we are awake, whether we're alive or Asleep. Remember, we talked about you. When a believer dies, their body goes into the ground. It's asleep. But instantly, their spirit and soul goes to heaven. So that's exactly what he's talking about. When the rapture occurs, the believers who have already died, their body's asleep. They're in heaven. They will come back with Jesus at the rapture to the middle of the air. And the bodies of the dead will rise and join their spirit soul. And they get a brand new body and go to heaven. Those of us that are alive when that happened, we'll do the very same thing. We'll come right after them. We'll go right to heaven. And so long we'll be ever there with the Lord. That's unbelievable. Now, look what verse 5 says. Therefore, because that's going to happen, let me just stop and ask you. Every Christian, whether already dead or alive when the rapture comes, where will they end up? Heaven. Well, I hope so. No. I know so. Guaranteed. Now, should that encourage you? Sure, look what it says. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact, as you are doing. Paul's really good at that. He just congratulates the church. Way to go. You're encouraging one another. Now, think about it. Paul knew we all need to be encouraged. 
Every one of us get discouraged. We have all kinds of issues. That's why we have prayer counselors that are on there to pray for you. That's why you need to be in there. We need to build each other up and not tear. What that picture of one another. See, one another doesn't work like this. One another is speaking of a healthy church where we gather together. A healthy home group where you gather together. Now, you can go out to a, your garage, close the door. Nobody's around. You're in the dark in the garage, and you just encourage yourself. That doesn't encourage one another. There's no one another there. It's just you. So if we're going to encourage one another, we have to be around one another. Hello. That's why church. That's why small groups. We were made to encourage one another. Don't waste your time tearing people down. The world does that. We're here to encourage one another. Paul's saying that to them. Now, when you think of that, what do I have to be encouraged about? Well, this is going to last about three hours, so just hold on. Do you think you have a lot to be encouraged about? Absolutely. Do you know what our series is about? We're living here now. I'm living here now. You know how I'm living here now? I have God in me 24-7. Today, right here. And then I'm going to live where? In heaven for how long? Is that encouraging enough for you? Look at this next statement. Here it is. It's simply this statement I just made to you. Be encouraged. Christ followers now are doing life with God 24-7. If you're an unbeliever, you're doing life by yourself. It doesn't work. You're not all-knowing. You're not all-loving. You're not all-powerful. Only way to do life is with God. Now, I'm going to do this like super, super fast. I want you to listen. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, what does the Holy Spirit do? You won't be able to write it down. Just listen. He assures us of our salvation. He teaches us the Bible. He convicts us of our sins. He enlightens the word so I can understand. He comforts us in times of trouble. He helps us pray when we don't know how to pray. He guides and directs us. And the Holy Spirit empowers me to say no to sin. Now, is that encouraging? That's huge. And where does that come from? It doesn't come from coming to church. It comes because he lives inside of me. You have God living in you on this earth 24-7. So Paul's been simply saying to us, remember, on your way to heaven, you're a pilgrim. That's our final destination. This is not our home. Now, we live here now. We're light. We're salt. We change the world. But one day, you have to have eternal perspective. I love what C.S. Lewis said. This is one of my famous statements from C.S. Lewis. Look at this. If we aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. If you aim at earth, you'll get neither. See, a believer aims at heaven. That's where we're going. But I live on earth. The unbeliever aims at the earth and will get neither heaven nor the earth. Because they're doing life on their own and they're going to be separated from God forever. Remember, Contrast is finding the best, the pros and the cons. There are no cons in following Jesus. It's all pros because that's the lifestyle God's given us. Now, one day Jesus said to his disciples, I want to give you an eternal perspective. I'm leaving and they didn't understand that. Look what he says in John 14. See if you're encouraged with this. Jesus says, do not let your hearts Be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room 
in my father's house. I want to just stop there for a moment. Think about this. When we get to heaven, there's going to be billions of people. Billions. What kind of like housing development is that? We have no idea. But you know the same thing what God did this last couple of weeks? You know, the scientists have it all put together. There is no God. We know how to do all this. The people that look through the cameras and everything. And what did God do? He said to Jesus, I'm just talking now. He said to Jesus, let's give him a picture of the big dark hole. And the scientists go, oh, we see the dark hole in the universe. And Jesus is going, to God, Dad, you did a great thing, man. They think they got really smart, nice cameras. It's been there all the time. Am I right? I mean, what a God we have. And, and when I saw that, I went, you know, by the way, I was reading, some scientists are thinking, well, maybe there is somebody that designed the world. Hello? Hello? Now, when you think about this, and he says this, if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? I keep my word. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. Let's read this last line together. So that you will always be with me where I am. Are you encouraged today? That is an amazing promise. God cannot lie. Wow. So here's my last statement basically to you. Be encouraged. A Christ follower's final destination, heaven, is secure. There's very little in this world that's secure. This is secure. Jesus promises, whether we die naturally or taken up by the rapture, we're going to be in heaven with him forever. Now, today we told you we're going to use contrast. Contrast shows us what's best. What should I do? Where should I go? What should I do? And hopefully, as you're here, you've seen the best way to do life. There's only one way. It's to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Get in the lane he's got for you. The life he's got for you. As Jeremiah 29 says, it's a life to give you hope and a future. It's to make you successful and to be useful to the kingdom of God, to expand in it. Now, on life here, I have the Holy Spirit. We just went through that 24-7. When I get to heaven, guaranteed it's going to happen. But some of you have never got in the lane of following Jesus. Remember what he said earlier? If you follow me in the light, you'll never be in the darkness. You'll always have wisdom. You'll always have insight. You'll understand what the world is about. So you that are not believers like all of us, we lived in the dark. We didn't have any hope for heaven. We didn't even understand the Bible. We didn't understand any of it. This is the day for you to make a determination. I want to follow Jesus Christ. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that all Christ followers are in a spiritual battle against the devil and the world system, as well as your own flesh nature. You learned that faith and love protect your vital spiritual organs. You found out that those defenses can be weakened, and to make them stronger, you need to spend time reading and meditating on God's Word. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This concludes Pastor Mark's teaching, Contrasts in Life Help Us to Know What is Best. Next time, he'll begin his teaching, 14 Biblical Truths in Action in a Church Family. He'll be talking about the leadership structure that God set up for churches. He'll also talk about the qualifications that people need to meet to work in those important roles. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.